You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. The film is Annihilation, which came out in 2018 and was directed by Alex Garland. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He was extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Oscar Isaac, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, Tuva Novotny, and Benedict Wong. The genre would be sci-fi slash horror thriller. Annihilation. Now, this might be the most underrated and underseen big studio film from a master director of the past five years. It could be the sorcerer of its time. You might be asking, what sorcerer? Well, just in case you've not heard of sorcerer, it was William Friedkin's big-budget follow-up to The Exorcist and The French Connection. It had a difficult shoot, a contentious relationship between director and studio, which ended up barely marketing it, and this film, Sorcerer, had the extreme misfortune of opening just a week after the first Star Wars movie in 1977. This film's pedigree, Annihilation's pedigree, was a bit different in that this shoot apparently went smoothly, and Alex Garland, the director, he had recently directed Ex Machina and Dread, so he wasn't really a huge commercial success like Friedkin was in the mid-70s. But overall, the comparison between Sorcerer and Annihilation feels pretty apt, as in this case with Annihilation, the studio preemptively sold off most of this film's release to Netflix before even trying to promote it. And, like with Sorcerer opening up just after Star Wars, Annihilation had the extreme misfortune of opening up a week after Black Panther, which, if you might remember, was a huge phenomenon. Both are weird, ambitious movies which deliver effective genre thrills on the surface, but also go out of their way to delve a bit deeper in seemingly off-putting ways. And of course, neither of them were successful. And as interesting as the -the behind-the-scenes stuff might be, it doesn't hold a candle to the film itself which is a demented sort of haunted house horror thriller, albeit set in a forest, called the, quote, Shimmer. The Shimmer is a coastal swamp spot in Florida, of course, where some sort of extraterrestrial life has landed. They've taken over the area and is spreading further out, slowly, like a cancer. And describing it as a cancer becomes the most apt comparison for our main protagonist, Lena, played by Natalie Portman, who has entered the Shimmer with four other female scientists to find out what has happened to her husband, Oscar Isaacs, who remains the only survivor from a previous military mission to that same place. She wants to get to the bottom of what's going on in this Shimmer. 
and her husband did return from this mission, but under mysterious circumstances. He is clearly not himself to the point where his body is having difficulties functioning, though for no obvious reason why. Now, Oscar Isaac appears early on in this film, and to refer to his general demeanor when he first returns to Lena as unsettling is an understatement. His appearance seems normal, but he comes off as an expressionless ghost. How long have you been back? I don't know. How'd you get back? What base did you fly into? I don't know. What about the rest of your unit? Did they come back with you? You must be able to tell me something. You vanished off the face of the earth for 12 months. I deserve a better explanation than no explanation. Doesn't matter. And this is just the first sign that writer-director Garland is taking us on a journey that is bound to be scary, frustrating, and with no easy explanations. In general, that does describe the film, with much of the cast effectively playing it that way. Confounded and scared, but often generally quiet. This isn't alien. This isn't an alien like that, where most of our characters were basically blue-collar space truckers. And we're also more relatable, of course. And that might also be a big reason why Annihilation didn't connect as well with audiences. But then again, this isn't like Prometheus either, a film that came out 10 years ago, where most of the characters were also scientists, but just acting like impulsive morons most of the time. We have to go back. We have to go back now. She's right. I, I really don't know how much more right she has to be. Okay. And I agree with you. We should go back. Good. Okay, great. There we go. Okay, so the three of us can just Hold pack on a minute. Our... Hold on. We should go back, yes, but it took us, what, six days to get here? And the coast is two days away. You're saying that we get out by going deeper in? Yeah, if you like, yeah. Like? No, I don't like. This isn't some tactic to get us to the lighthouse, is it? I believe that the coast is the best route out. Okay? Nope, all of the performances in Annihilation feel authentic, especially Portman, a very melancholy Tessa Thompson, who seemingly has just never given a bad performance, no matter what genre she's in. I'm right about the refractions, weren't I? Yeah. I checked my blood last night. It's in me. It will be in all of us. And Tuva Novotny, who I haven't seen in anything else, but really makes an impression early on in a haunting exchange that she has with Portman as they're going quietly rowing down a river. Novotny basically discusses how everyone on this mission is damaged goods, including her own tragic past. And calling each of the main characters on this mission damaged goods is probably underselling it. As one of them cites at some point, self-destruction is a very human trait. And it's probably a driving reason for their past mistakes, and also why they're even here in the Shimmer, seemingly on a suicide mission. It's a running theme throughout the film that lands, though Garland never beats you over the head with it. And speaking of the Shimmer, this film is a technical marvel on just about every level. The stunning production design by Mark Digby, who helps this world look both beautiful and freakish at the same time, to the mind-blowing creature and visual effects from The Milk House and Double Negative led by Andrew Whitehurst, who won an Oscar for the impressive work that he did for Garland's previous film, Ex Machina, from six years ago. Some of the imagery and creatures seen in Annihilation almost defy explanation. There's some body horror involved, and there's also some Lovecraftian threats as well. 
basically creatures. Okay, so we know what happened to the last group. They went insane. There was something alive inside that man. No, that was a trick of the light. What? I've been a paramedic for 10 years, all right? I've scraped people off the side of the road. You see some weird shit. That, that was a trick of the light. His insides were moving. No, it was shock. Radic, that was a shock response. Watch it again. No, I'm not going to fucking watch it again. And though there are several other good scares as well, Annihilation doesn't really resolve itself along the lines of those other sci-fi horror classics that I mentioned, like Alien. But it's just as absorbing and well-crafted. It came out just under four years ago, so it's way too soon to tell if it's going to have the staying power of, say, an alien or the fly or the thing. But for me, it's already a special film worth revisiting again and again. And that brings me to the categories. The first category is Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Kudos must also go to the extremely haunting score by Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury which basically becomes its own distinct character during the last 20 minutes of the movie. Really, what we're watching is this alien life attempt to communicate with Natalie Portman's Lena, and music is a key part of it. It's akin to the alien ship climax in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but much more twisted. Now of those two composers, Barrow was originally one-third of the 90s hip-hop trio Portishead, and he eventually went into film scores, as many other notable pop composers have, including Danny Elfman and Trent Reznor. Salisbury is actually a lifetime composer who actually kicked off his career in the 90s, initially composing music for nature documentaries, before getting more into film in the 2000s. Both of them hail from the UK, and for Annihilation, they have crafted a score which is not particularly melodic, but does genuinely augment the story being told on screen. To quote Rolling Stone magazine, they created a, quote, mind-altering sound world with acoustic guitar, orchestra, a touch of electronics, and a four-note motif. It's such a unique score, I honestly lack the musical vocabulary to best describe it myself. It just packs a guttural punch, and you'll just need to hear it for yourself. That brings me to the next category, and that would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes the movie. One standout sequence that I don't want to spoil too much involves a bear, but not just your average bear. And I'll leave it at that. Most of our main characters are just put in this terrifying situation. The sound design and visuals, including one extremely unnerving point of view shot, you'll know it when you see it, and of course the performances of the actresses, combined for a few minutes of horror on the level of the chestburster sequence from Alien or the heart-reviving sequence from The Thing. It's that good. Don't react.
That brings me to the next category, which would be wasted talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. In this case, the wasted talent was sadly at the studio level. One of the original legacy film studios, no less. Paramount Pictures. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, Paramount Pictures, to me, they used to be one of the great movie studios, putting out a variety of films aimed at various audiences. Their marketing department was one of the best at finding ways to sell edgier R-rated films like Fatal Attraction, Face Off, The Accused, An Officer and a Gentleman. And oh, they of course, they put out big tentpole pictures as much as anyone as well. The Indiana Jones movies, the Star Trek saga, Beverly Hills Cop films. But they were not afraid to release darker R-rated films. Alas, that is not the Paramount of today. Now, today, Paramount, this studio is extremely risk-averse, mainly spending most of their resources on pre-sold IP and only at the PG-13 level. Transformers, Mission Impossible, Sonic the Hedgehog. They have a sequel coming out, believe it or not. And hey, the last several Mission Impossible movies have been really good. But when it comes to edgier R-rated fare, Paramount is still producing some of it, but just nowadays, they're just more likely to sell it off to Netflix or another streaming service, which is pretty much what happened with Annihilation. They gave it a small release in the US and China only. They sold off the rights everywhere else to streaming. And yes, this film is grim and challenging. I get that. It might not be obviously commercial, but it's still an engrossing cinematic experience with some truly jaw-dropping sequences. I mean, that bare sequence alone, in the right hands, the right marketing hands, this could have been sold as the new Alien, featuring terrifying stuff on screen which no one has seen before. This could have killed it with a decent marketing budget and a slower release plan in, say, September or October, giving it room to breathe, build some buzz. Even in today's IP-driven marketplace, a standalone horror film has the potential to break out, like a Get Out or Don't Breathe. But in this case, Paramount did not even try. They barely marketed it. They dumped it on 2,000 screens in the middle of February in the U.S., a week after Black Panther, and they cut the rest of their losses via streaming rights. As it turned out, Annihilation made about $40 million worldwide in just two major markets on a $55 million budget, not including the streaming rights, of course. But clearly, money was left on the table, and even worse, 80% of the planet never had the chance to see this on the big screen. If that's not a waste of creative product from strong talent, I don't know what is. And that brings me to the final category. That would be the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Since seeing Annihilation, I have become an unabashed fanboy for Alex Garland. He not only directed this, but he adapted the screenplay from a very challenging sci-fi novel, the first of a trilogy, by Jeff Vandermeer. And the dude just knocked it out of the park. Before Annihilation, he directed another one of the best science fiction films of recent years, the celebrated Ex Machina, which came out seven years ago and even won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects against a very competitive field that year. And before that, Garland ghost-directed Likely Future Episode and one of the most dazzling comic book adaptations of the past decade. Yes, the Marvel decade, no less, with his incarnation of Dread, which also happened to be a kick-ass action movie. So as far as I'm concerned, Garland is three for three as a director. And his writing track record before this was unassailable as well. The decade before writing and directing Dread, he also wrote, or co-wrote, the screenplays for three pretty impressive genre masterpieces in themselves, two of them directed by one of my cinematic heroes, Danny Boyle. 28 Days Later, Sunshine, and Never Let Me Go. So even though this guy could be the 21st century sci-fi answer to Cameron, Carpenter, Verhoeven, hell, George Lucas, 
Why isn't he being talked about that way, maybe outside of small circles of cinephiles? Well, obviously because he has yet to direct something that really makes money, plain and simple. Dread and Annihilation were considered flops. While Ex Machina made solid money, but that's the real issue. Both of Alex Garland's attempts at adapting IP for the big screen, they just fell flat, sadly, with audiences. Well, not this audience, not the one you're listening to right now. Because as far as I'm concerned, Alex Garland isn't the future of sci-fi cinema. He's the present. He's the master right now. With Annihilation, he has crafted a thought-provoking, engrossing, and genuinely terrifying tale about humanity's continuous nudge towards self-destruction. He's not only the MVP for this film, but one of the MVPs for genre filmmaking in general. What I do is I, I, I know that we're posing questions, uh, um, but I don't aim to answer the questions by statements, but more by inference. So the answers to the questions that are posed are all contained within the film. Uh, but it just puts faith or, or belief in a certain kind of viewer that is not just there to be spoon-fed and be given everything, but actually enjoys the sense of feeling meaning float out of something rather than being stated. My rating for Annihilation would be five stars out of five. <laughs> Annihilation could arguably be the best film from what I consider the last great year for movies. 2018. This was the last time Hollywood in general, year-round, just delivered a dazzling variety of films of all shapes and sizes. I mean, wow, this was just such a stacked year, 2018. You had Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Black Panther, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Sorry to Bother You, Previous Episode, Widows, check out that review, The Favorite, Game Night, Blind Spotting, Mandy, A Star is Born, Crazy Rich Asians, Love, Simon. I mean, just such a stacked, crazy year with so much variety. And it wasn't that long ago. I'll be revisiting this year again for sure. And maybe, just maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have another 2018 coming our way. And if you're looking to watch Annihilation, and make sure you have the sound, best sound possible, it's currently streaming on Paramount+. And that ends another Refracted Review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.